Hi there. You're about to enjoy a recording made in Wellspring Church in central Watford. We're glad you've connected with us online. And of course, you can follow us on social media, even download the Wellspring app. But much better than this is meeting in person. We would love to welcome you to one of our services in a congregation near you. As you listen to this recording, know that we are praying for you to be encouraged, inspired, and given wisdom from heaven to live life to the full as Jesus intended and bring transformation to your world with his amazing love. God bless you. Okay, we're going to spend the next few minutes talking together about what it is and how we can have fierce faith in the midst of a fierce storm. Now, I'm guessing where you are, you are also feeling the impact of a fierce storm going around our world. But how can we, as Christ followers, or how can we, if we become a Christ follower, be a people who have fierce faith? How can the noise of our faith be noisier than the noise of the storm? How can the storm that feels overwhelming, the the storm that induces panic, the storm that kind of brings fear into our world, how can we, as a follower of Christ, allow our faith to be strong, to be courageous, to be brave, to be bold, to speak a louder narrative than the narrative of the storm. So that's where we're going today. And we're going to be looking at a story of Jesus that is really well known to many of us when Jesus calmed a storm. Now, all of the Gospels, well, three of them anyway, three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, have this story. And we're going to kind of overlay their stories to glean a little bit of wisdom out of some of them, but we're going to major on one of them. And the one that we're going to major on is Matthew's version of this story, because he brings a really fascinating different sequence that has an emphasis that I think will help us right now today in the storm that we're facing. So if you've got a Bible near you, why don't you grab it now? I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It will come up by the power of technology on your screen. But why don't you get your Bible and turn with me to Matthew 8. In Matthew 8 at verse 23, we're going to read just a few verses of this amazing little story about when Jesus calmed a storm. So verse 23... Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up. He rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. This is a great story, a great story where we can see Jesus initiating a little outing with his disciples across Lake Galilee to go to the other side. And it was part of a really intense training scheme, if you like, that Jesus the rabbi was taking his disciples on. 
So around this story, crammed either sides and all around, you've got these um, stories where they had to work with the demon-possessed person to bring deliverance there. They had to work with a paralyzed person to see how that person could receive Jesus's touch and be able to walk again. There was a blind person that was able to receive their sight. And Jesus was teaching them. There was even a corpse, a dead person, that Jesus was showing them his power was even greater and they could raise the dead. Now, the challenge is for these disciples, all those challenges were kind of out there challenges. They were somebody else's personal battle that they were being kind of witness to the power of God. The difference is the boat became their battle. The boat became their fear. The boat became their panic. It was their panic that was crippleizing them rather than the cripples crippleizing that they <laughs> go with it, go with it. I make up words. Rather than the cripple who was dealing with their situation, their panic was crippling them. And this test became suddenly very personal. And this is the thing with Jesus. He's happy and willing and delights in teaching us how to help other people. But he also wants us as followers of Christ to grow as disciples. So he will bring the test close to our homes in order that we can get to know him more and see him more. So he loves us that much. He will help us grow even in storms. So here we have Jesus allowing them to go on this boat ride and he's busy having a nap. Now, one of the things about the disciples, they were, they were from the, the Hebrew group of people. They were, this is a great word just coming up. They were landlubbers. Now, and all the words around, come on, this is a good word, landlubber. I think try and get that in. As many times as you say it's unprecedented today, say landlubber. It, it, honestly, you feel good. Just try it where you are. You feel good with this word. Trust me, I've said it a lot. Um, they were landlubbers. They really liked to be on shore. But, they, but um, Jesus was taking them into a place where they were less comfortable. Now, on the boat, there were some fishermen. They were the professionals, so they should have known better, just saying. But the professionals were there, but even they were terrified. Now, I don't know how many of you have been on a boat and what your boating experience is. Um, so last year, my family and I, we went um, to Croatia. Very nice. I don't know if we should talk about holidays, actually, when all of our holidays are busy cancelling. <laughs> Just remember back to a good day. Um, so we were on holiday last year, and we went on a boat ride. It was one of those speedy boat things, and going around the islands. And it was so, so bumpy and wavy. We had to hold on, because if we didn't hold on really, really tight, we were bounced, and we would probably have been bounced over because it was that bouncy. But it was fun. Like, it was hilarious fun. So I take that bouncy thing, and then we have to escalate it to where it was no longer fun, to where the disciples were no longer kind of enjoying the breeze in their hair. And it was just utterly, utterly terrifying. Now, when I was on the boat in Croatia, the last thing I planned on doing was having a nap. Like, it was the last thing on my mind. However tired I was, however um, enjoying it was, I was not going to nap because I needed to hold on. Jesus was in this boat able to sleep. Now, the disciples looked at Jesus sleeping, and it evoked in them a sense of abandonment, a sense of, you don't care for us. You are kind of ambivalent to our needs. You don't perceive our fear, and you don't care if we die. And they got it completely wrong, because the reason why Jesus could sleep in this storm was because he was so utterly confident in his father. He was so utterly assured 
of the father's love, that his circumstances around him didn't dictate how he felt, how he trusted, how he prayed, or even how he slept. And, and I don't know about you, how's your sleep going right now? Like for me, as soon as my head hits the pillow, my brain is trying to process all these things that my brain can't cope with processing. And my subconscious nighttime thinking is, you know, I'm on the edge of waking up any minute because my brain is just trying to process stuff that my brain hasn't had to process in all of its years of braininess. Um, but you, there's a few people here laughing. It's just rude. Go with it. It could be possible. I might be brainy. You never know. Um, but Jesus's faith was not defined by his worldly experience. He allowed his worldly experience to be defined by his faith. So when he was woken up, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't not caring for his disciples. Never assume Jesus's silence is because he's not caring. Never ever assume if he's not immediately at your beck and call is because he doesn't care. Jesus will wait sometimes because he doesn't see the pressure because he sees the bigger picture. Jesus was not afraid because there was nothing going on that caused him one jot of fear. So he allows his faith to define his worldly experience. And that's our invitation is we can allow um, our faith, our fierce faith to come and rewrite our circumstances and our worldly experience. Now, the, one of the reasons I picked on Matthew's gospel rather than Mark and Luke is because Matthew's captures the fact that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he spoke to the storm. So in Mark and in Luke, Jesus immediately, when he wakes up, speaks to the storm. Then he turns to his disciples and says, you know, where was your faith? But first in Matthew, he speaks to the disciples. And I like this because I think it's timely for us in our fierce storm. Because if we're honest, all of us want Jesus to just deal with the storm. Just silence the storm, stop this nastiness, let everyone go back to being normal and we don't like it and stop it. We want him to speak to the storm, but I believe first Jesus wants to speak to us. I believe Jesus wants to bring a peace to us that allows faith to rise within us, that allows our fierce faith to define the fierce storm and speak to the storm in response because our faith is being stirred because we are getting closer to Christ. So Matthew is just beautiful because he has this same heartbeat. He knows that the disciples were going through this private crisis and he knows that Jesus addressed it to the people in the boat. Now, think back to this little boat, a wooden thing um, with rowy oar things and fish, <laughs> fishermen there and non-fishermen there. And this boat was kind of crowded with some people who were experts in life of fishing and some people who were tax collectors or had other jobs and professions. And all of the structures of their professionalism couldn't help them in this storm. And the boat that had been probably really well crafted, Jesus was a carpenter. He, I don't know if he'd have got into a dodgy boat. You know, he, it was a well-crafted boat and even that was not bringing security. 
These were physical people. They, you know, they weren't like us who just sit around a lot. These were physical people who had physical activity. They would have been strong. And their physical strength wasn't enough to deal with the storm. Nothing the disciples could bring into the equation could help them in the storm. Have you ever felt that helpless in a storm? That none of the structures that we thought were secure enough to get us from A to B were actually looking strong enough to get us from A to B? And none of the things that were going on around us feel as if they give us confidence. Well, this is what the disciples were like. And interestingly, if you read in the other Gospels, there were other boats on the sea. There were other people on the Lake of Galilee who were in other boats who were experiencing everything that the disciples were experiencing. The difference is Jesus was in this boat. Paul, um, one of the great leaders um, of the Christian movement after Jesus and a follower of Christ, he wrote a letter to the believers who lived in the town of Philippi. And in this, he spoke these words or wrote these words in the letter. He said this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. In other words, like we sang earlier about telling God what he has done and celebrating his goodness, there is something that can happen that accepts situations can be worrying. There's provision for worry in the word of God, like the the Lord has made provision knowing that we're going to worry about things. And he says, okay, instead of worrying, turn that worry to the Lord. Tell the Lord what he's done, not because the Lord suffers amnesia, but because it brings faith. It stirs our fierce faith when we realize, oh yeah, God's done this before. God's done this before. Oh my gosh, remember when God did that before? And as we stir these stories, either stories from the Bible or stories from our own lives or stories from our friends' lives, and as we stir those stories and remind God of what he's done, it allows our faith to grow. As our faith grows, worry shrinks. And the beautiful thing about God's economy of flipping worry into faith is that peace comes, a peace that surpasses understanding. In other words, a peace that doesn't make sense. So these disciples in this boat, it didn't make sense for them to suddenly feel peaceful, but there was this time lag between when Jesus spoke to them and I believe they received peace and their faith was stirred again to when this storm was then calmed. Now, in the story, it's just a matter of verses. But just imagine in our situation, that time lapse between when God speaks to us and allows peace and faith to rise before the storm is calmed. In that time lapse, we get this story that surpasses understanding. We get a peace that surpasses understanding. It doesn't make sense. It won't make sense to the world. The world can still be running around panicking and scared, and we can be people of peace. Why? Not because we've done anything other than allow God to be God and allow Jesus to be, if you like, in our boat. Now, as I said, there were other boats on the Sea of Galilee who were also facing this fierce storm. But only those with Jesus could find a fierce faith. Only those who had him with them had anybody to turn to who could deal with the level of the storm that it was at. 
Only those with Jesus in the boat that day could experience him as peace and his peace to be able to make sense of the ferocity of the storm. Now, one thing um, we all have come blatantly um, aware of in recent days is we're all vulnerable. We're all in the same storm. All the way around the whole world, there's a levelling of all people. And as a Christ follower, we are not exempt from storms. We don't have this little card, like on a beautiful Monopoly game, that we can just pull out when we get sent to jail, and we can say, ah, I'm okay, I'm a Christ follower. We don't get the card to be exempt from the storm. What we get is to follow the man who went to the cross, who died for us and came to life again for us, in order that we can have life even in the storm, that we can have peace even in the storm, that we can have hope even in the storm. The storm might be the same, but how we perceive the storm can change. The storm might be the same globally, but how we, as a Christ follower, can be absolutely, completely and utterly different. We heard earlier when Tim was speaking at the beginning of our gathering together, um, where Jesus' words were captured in John's gospel. And in John chapter 16, Jesus had been telling them about all the things that they could expect. And he said this, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, Jesus says, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We do not get to get away from, you know, trials and sorrows, but we get to journey them with Jesus, the one who can sleep through a storm, not because he's lazy or tired, but because the storm does not cause him any fear. The storm does not shake his confidence. The storm does not shake his courage. The storm does not shake his understanding of who his father is and the plans and purposes the father has. So we are in a boat right now. You well, we are here in a boat. You might be in your lounge. We're in a boat. No, we're in a we're in a kind of boat, if you like, with Jesus. We have this choice to be in the boat with Jesus. And he's inviting us to follow him. And following Jesus means that we go through the same storm as everybody else. And you might right now be thinking, well, I don't think I am a Christ follower, so I'm not too sure which boat I'm in. And that's okay. Because today is a really good day to become a Christ follower. Today is a really good day to say, okay, everything else is somewhat chaotic and gives me no confidence So I'm going to give Jesus a go. And today is a good day to be able to say to Jesus, these are my worries. These are my concerns. And they're all real. They're all real. The storm that the disciples were going through, just as the storm that we're all going through, is real. It's natural to be afraid. It's natural for our panic to come up. It's natural for tears to fall when we can't be with loved ones when we want to be, but for their own good, we have to be separated. It's natural. But in this storm, we can give those worries to Jesus and he can, in exchange, give us his peace. A peace that means we will sleep well. A peace that means our courage can come. A peace that means hope can rise. A peace that means our faith can define this fierce storm rather than the fierce storm defining our faith. So 
we're going to pray a prayer together. Now, if you're part of Wellspring Church, you will have seen this prayer before. This prayer is something that at the end of many services, we will bring this prayer as an opportunity to come and kind of give a daily commitment to be a daily disciple. It's choosing again to follow Jesus. It's choosing to say, I'm going to get into the boat with you, Jesus. I'm going to stay in the boat with you, Jesus. This prayer is also an opportunity for the very first time, if you haven't ever chosen to follow Christ, to say, okay, I'm going to choose today to follow Christ. What have you got to lose? Like, really, what is the risk? So we get this opportunity to pray and say, I'm going to recognize who you are, Jesus. You are the one who came to earth. You are the one who gave your life for me. You're the one who, in a boat, can calm and bring peace to some people and then change the world. So the prayer is on the screens, and we're going to pray it together. Now, if you're in a context at home and you don't want to pray aloud, that's okay. But I encourage you to pray it in your heart, to pray it out loud if you can, but silently if you prefer. And if you're praying this for the first time, I don't mean because you haven't seen it before, it's like, oh, I'm just going to pray along. I mean, if you are choosing today to follow Christ, then I want to encourage you to get in touch with us afterwards, and we're going to have an e-dialogue um, to chat through what this might mean for you to become a Christ follower and help you in the way that you can do that. And you can email. I think we've got an email set up. Um, so you can email prayer at wellspring-church.org and we will get in touch. But now let's come to Jesus and let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Thank you for loving me enough to die on the cross for me. I'm sorry for living life my own way. That changes today. I give my life to you. I choose to follow you and ask you to teach me your ways. Thank you that I can live forever because you rose again. Amen. May your fierce faith rise up and define this fierce storm with a confidence and a courage that Jesus is with us and he's got us. God bless. Thanks for listening to this recording. We hope it has encouraged you, challenged you, and more than anything that you've heard the voice of God and been aware of his presence with you wherever you are. Do share with us any answers to prayer or get in touch if there is any way we can help you further on your journey with God. Come and see us on Sunday or you can email us at admin at wellspring-church.org. May God be near you and his peace be yours for the remainder of this day. In Jesus' name, amen.